Hey everybody, it's JT. What is on your holiday meal shopping list? Well, I would suggest Painted Hills Natural Beef. It is some of the best beef in the world. And your friends and family will be thanking you for a long time if you serve Painted Hills Natural Beef for your holiday meals. And now you can buy it online just by going to PaintedHillsBeef.com. Use the code BBQNATION at checkout and save yourself 15% on your order. Give Painted Hills Natural Beef a place on your table this holiday season. It's time for Barbecue Nation with JT. So fire up your grill, light the charcoal, and get your smoker cooking. Now, from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in Portland, here's JT. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the nation. That's the Barbecue Nation. I'm JT along with my two co-conspirators here, uh, Commander Dave and Commander Chris. Why we call them that, I have no idea, but that's what we call them. We're coming to you from the Turn It, Don't Burn It studios in downtown Portland, Oregon. And for all of our affiliates on the Barbecue Nation and the Envision Radio Networks, we thank you for listening. Um, well, he's done it again. It was another huge win for Tuffy Stone and his cool smoke team. This time it was at Memphis in May, and Tuffy is going to be joining us here in a couple of minutes and tell us about that and some other accomplishments he's had. Our uh, musical guest this week is Mary Chafin Carpenter. And uh, as usual, we'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for uh, sponsoring part of Barbecue Nation. Beef that you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That is Painted Hills Natural Beef. Tuffy, welcome. Hey, how are you? Thanks I'm for good, having me man. I am good. How's life in the big city? Everything is good. We're just... Uh... Working on a new uh, barbecue trailer that's been a little bit more complicated than I had realized, but it's uh, I'm starting to build. Haven't got the kit mounted on yet, but you know, hopefully uh, in the next day or so, because I'm going up to Washington D.C. Uh, this weekend actually and, and cook a barbecue competition. Well, good for you. Good for you. So tell us about Memphis in May, man. You uh, you hit a home run there again. Oh my gosh, it was so unbelievable. Um, it was, uh, it, it just, uh, I still can't believe that, that, that we did as well as we did, but it's, it's slowly sinking in. So Memphis and May is, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot going on down there. It's, uh, it's complicated competition. You have to load in by Wednesday uh, before the weekend, so we have to leave actually Tuesday morning in order to make that happen. And so we took two vehicles down, a van loaded full equipment and truck pulling my, my double barrel Jambo. And we, we had our team together and went down there and, and started setting up on Wednesday. And then we did the contest Friday and Saturday and we entered shoulders. I cooked eight whole shoulders for this competition. Um, We'll have one for each on-site. So for those who aren't familiar with Memphis and May, there's, there's a couple of components to it. One is you, you build a blind box, which is very similar to a lot of competitions. And then as soon as you turn in your blind box, there, there's no garnish allowed. There's no uh, no greenery or no aluminum foil or anything. You just turn in your meat. You can choose to uh, put your, uh, turn your sauce in on the side if you like as well. But you turn that in and as soon as you, as soon as you do your barn box, you then immediately will have three different on-site judges come to you, and you present a whole shoulder 
to each of those those uh, on-site judges. So that, so you need uh, a whole shoulder for each of those judges. So there's three. I like to have two uh, to build a blind box from, and then another shoulder or two in case you make finals. So we did the blind box, and then we did our three on-sites, and, and I felt like those went well. And then after that, I had to drive. I had to drive over to Little Rock, Arkansas, and <laughs> uh, and pick up a, 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 this trailer that I was just telling you about. I had to go and pick that up. Uh, so me and a uh, me and a friend who's, who's on the team, Charles Cribbon, we got in. We actually got an Uber and drove over and, and paid for this trailer, and then we came back. And so in Memphis and May, you've got either you either cook pork shoulders, the whole thing, or you cook whole hog, or you cook ribs. And the top three in each uh, category make what's called finals. And they pull up on a golf cart, and 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 it's very exciting if you make finals. And and you know that if you get into finals, you know you're going to be at least in the top three, and you're going to nice get a get a nice big trophy. And it's very exciting. So you were sitting there in our spot and just kind of waiting. And all of a sudden, we hear this loud roar of cheer. And it's it's Chris Lilly and Big Bob Gibson's team. There, there's one team between us and them, so we're we're right beside each other pretty much. And they're just roaring, and they're so happy. And I'm like, and and, and, and you know, you're not surprised when Big Bob Gibson makes. Uh, finals in Memphis and May. I mean, they have won that contest more than anybody, and they've won shoulders so many times. So I was just sitting there thinking, all right, I, I knew they were going to get it. And then, like, seconds later, uh, Ambassador comes up, and we made finals, too. So it was super, super exciting. Um, <laughs> it, it was it was super exciting. And so then, you, you know, and I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm talking, I'm taking over talking on your show here, but um, but this is kind of how the process goes. So next thing you got to do, everybody that made finals has to um, get ready, and you have to serve uh, four judges this time. The the four final judges will will sample the three best ribs, the three best shoulders, and the three best whole hog, and then they will decide. And it's comparative judging. They will decide who who's going to win the whole thing, who's going to be first place in shoulders and first place in hog, and you know they sort it all out. Um, so the team, we had an amazing team. They've all cooked with me before, and we we had to get past it. You know, busy at getting ready for for a final presentation. Do you have to cook more at when they come and tell you when the ambassador comes and tells you that you know you you've got uh, you've made the finals? Do you have to? Do you have to cook more shoulders, or do you just use the ones you have? No. So what? So what you do, or what I do, is I stagger cook uh, two shoulders, and I put those on uh, after my other ones go on. Mm-hmm. So, so if if you make finals, then you you have something you have something you need those for. And if you don't make finals, then you've got you know two whole shoulders that you just you can give to your friends and your family, but you're sure. not going to be serving them to the judges. So, so I stagger cooked, uh, I stagger cooked two shoulders in hopes that we needed, uh, needed them for finals. And, and we were blessed that day that, that we did indeed need them. 
<laughs> you were blessed that day, Tuffy. Uh, but yes, sir. you've got a pretty long uh, record, a positive, good record as far as when it comes to uh, competitions and stuff everywhere from, you know, Kansas City to Memphis to just about anywhere you go, I think. Yeah, we've been really – I I tell people uh, from time to time that if we never, ever win again, uh, we've still won more than our fair share. So uh, I, I do, we've just been so – so fortunate on the circuit and, and you know between the jack and the royal and memphis and bay we've just uh we've had some some just uh fairy tale kind of days before <laughs> well it's well deserved my friend well deserved <laughs> you work very hard and you've got did i don't know if child's ever told you child has been on this show before too um uh i think he's i think i'll be seeing him a little bit later today but Charles, this was uh, Charles has been on my team two years now in a row. That that was what was really great this year, is everybody that was on the team had been with me at least two times down there. Um, so some of which have been uh, with me down there more than two. But we just we got really dialed in, had had good plans, a uh, good timeline. Everybody had a uh, specific you know, missions uh, on the team. So it was just, this year was the most fluid ever. Uh, it really was great. And Charles is uh, he's a good friend. And, and uh, you know, of course, he lives right here in Richmond. And Randy sure. lives here in Richmond. And my dad and Jesse and uh, childhood friend, Franz Berger, Jared McDonald, he came from New Zealand. He actually helped me. I taught a class in New Zealand, I guess it was last year. Uh, and he helped me with that class. And so I invited him over uh, last year to, to Memphis, and he came for the first time, and then uh, he came uh, again this time. And, of course, then we got my dad, who's, uh, who's an anchor, and Chet from Texas, who's been with me. Uh, he's been with me three times now, I believe. But anyways, really solid team. Tuffy and I are going to take a break here, but before we actually get to that, I want to tell you something. There's a new necklace out that tracks eating patterns to help scientists understand and address bad eating habits. Northwestern University reach researchers have described the next sense, which detects when and how much the wearer eats. The data can then help dietitians put together action plans to stop overeating and stress eating. Few people want to admit that their doctors are to their doctors, how much they drink or how much they eat, how much they exercise, how much water they intake every day. But now technology can make those little white lies even harder to maintain. The wearable tech in question, like I said, is called NexSense. It's a sensory necklace engineered by researchers at Northwestern at the Feinberg School of Medicine um, that's designed to help people overcome bad eating habits and understand what drives them to the cookie jar in the first place. Um, NextSense uses sensors to detect motion, such as biting and chewing, and records what and how much food is eaten, according to a statement from the university. The necklace includes a tiny camera, which researchers plan to remove eventually, which validates the data from the sensors. Okay? The findings can help the wearer, with or without the aid of a doctor or dietitian, better understand what triggers binging and stress eating, and devise a plan to combat unhealthy behavior. 
Uh, the, the purpose of NextSense is not to evoke shame on its wearers, but to better understand the root causes of certain eating habits, uh, its creators say. And by tracking the wearer's heart rate, for example, NextSense can help users identify when it's actually stress eating. Uh, Allison Martin from the Chicago Sun-Times wrote this story. You can check out more on it on the July 8th edition of the Chicago Sun-Times. Now we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hey, everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. everybody welcome back to barbecue nation i'm jt we've got tuffy stone from cool smoke the big winner at memphis in may again uh but before we get back to talk to tuffy if you'd like to email us it's bbq nation at salempdx.com that's bbq nation at salempdx.com you can also check us out on facebook which is barbecue nation with jt um pretty much oh and soundcloud that's where we lodge and archive the shows we're going to break 100,000 listens here probably in the next month. And so um, that's at uh, Barbecue Nation with JT. So let's get back with Tuffy Stone. <clears throat> so we were talking at the end of the last segment where you're kind of waiting. You've made the cut, so to speak. And now the tension's got to be building inside you. Oh, man. You know, uh, probably a lot of your, your barbecue uh competitors you get on your show and listen to your show can probably relate to I, I i don't really i've never really enjoyed the awards part of competition barbecue i you know you, you work so hard to do your best and and, and and it's it's a lot of challenges and it can be stressful and you know you don't get enough sleep and all these things and and so then you then you go to awards and it's like now it's time to to learn how how your how your judges thought about your food and and so I've always kind of just not enjoyed that end of it. So, anyways, that day was going to not be so bad because we made finals, so we knew we were getting one of the big metal Memphis Bay trophies, and so we were we were set up, you know, standing pretty much by Chris, and we had had some nice words before awards, and we were just kind of so they got into calling third and. Uh, they they called Red Hot Smokers and 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 Red Hot is just a great great husband and wife team, uh, and they're just a long standing Memphis MA team and they've sure. done really really well there and so they got close to third so I'm like we either got you know we probably got second Chris Lilly had posted a picture of his pork shoulder uh, on Instagram that day. And it was so beautiful, and I was like, "Man, that's a pretty shoulder." So I thought, you know, I don't know, I don't know if we, I don't know if we cook something better than that or not. So then they go and they go to call second, and so at that point, I can barely breathe, and uh, and then they call Big Bob Gibson's for second, which meant that we were going to be first. And I was blown away, and the team was blown away, and my dad was crying, and. Uh, it was, it was, it was very exciting. So we went up to the stage and we received 
you know, first place and shoulders. And so you go back behind the stage, just even talking through this with you, JT's like, it's hard to breathe a little bit right now, but, um, just, you know, remembering the experience, but anyways, we went behind the stage and we took pictures and a storm was coming through. So the way Memphis and May works is, so now they have first place ribs and first place whole hog cooker up on the stage. And we were having our pictures taken. They said, come on, cool smoke, get it back on the stage. The storm's coming. We got to, we got to find out who won this thing. So we rush back up and get on stage. And, and then the MC's like, all right, who's going to win? Who's going to be right after? Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's building up drama and everything. And so then they go, and the winner is, and they call it cool smoke. And I don't know if you've seen any of the images online. I have, uh, I have yeah. yeah. I just, um, I mean, even talking to you right now, it's like, I still can't believe it. It's, uh, uh, anyways, uh, I don't know if I'll ever believe it <laughs> when they call us for <laughs> Well, you've won, uh, Tuffy, you've won some pretty big things in your career. Is this, would you say Memphis in May and you're not, dissing anybody any of the other competitions but would you say this was like the coolest thing you won no pun intended with cool smoke <laughs> you know um the first time that we won a world championship at the american royal invitational I, I there wasn't a picture taken of me where i wasn't crying because because when i first started cooking i thought man it'd be so amazing just to get invited to cook the american royal invitational one day oh yeah and 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 so winning that was just like uh it was surreal i just couldn't believe it and so that was pretty special um you know they're all special i mean the jack we've been blessed to win that three times and and every time it's got a story behind it uh, the American Royal Open, I think there was 550 teams competing, and so that was, like, crazy. But I guess what's cool about Memphis in May is, you know, I started off pretty much a, a KCBS type of cook. And so to come down there and, and, and to win Memphis in May, uh, being someone that was predominantly a, a KCBS type of cooker, I think that that was pretty cool. But honestly speaking, JT, you know what's great about winning Memphis in May uh, is uh, I've been you know I, ha- I have a I have a 2019 World Championship under uh, you know to put on our resume and uh-huh. so I think what's beautiful about it is it's just fresh and it's current and and but they're all amazing I mean all these contests are so amazing and the volunteers that, that, that work on these things, whether it be the Royal or the Jack or Houston Livestock Rodeo Show or Memphis and May, they just work so hard and they're just amazing people. And it's just, I, I think combination of that and just barbecue as a whole, I think it's just, the, it's just the essence of the spirit. That's just so, it's a beautiful thing. And so anyways, I can't, I don't know. It, I'm just really fortunate. And, <laughs> <laughs> really blessed and uh, that's okay yeah, man I, that's okay but you know they're good people <clears throat> that's they're really them. really really great people and i'm our team and the other teams and and it's just a population of really really great people and i think it's really nice to be around yeah it is and that always makes things easier and not just from yeah. the competition standpoint but it's easier when there's no underlying tension when there's no uh, bad apple, so to speak. Maybe that's not a good 
comparison, but it's much easier when you're working with good, nice people who have dedicated their some themselves to an event. Um, that makes it that makes it that much nicer when you go home with the big trophy and the big check. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I just um, it's just, just it's very amazing. Yes, it is. We're going to take another break here on The Nation. Tuffy and I will be back after a few messages uh, from our supporting sponsors. And uh, we're going to go over a few more things about Memphis in May right after this. If you're enjoying GT and his show, come check out my podcast, Around the House with Eric G, where we talk home improvement and design right here where you catch this podcast. Head to AroundTheHouseOnline.com. Hey, welcome back to the nation. That would be the Barbecue Nation here on the Envision Radio Network uh, and the Barbecue Nation Radio Network. Kind of funny. I don't think Tuffy could hear it because we usually don't punch the music in that early. The song, the intro into this uh, segment, Tuffy, was Mary Chafin Carpenter's "I Feel Lucky." So I never even thought about <laughs> that. Never even thought about that when I was picking the music for this show. But but there you go. Well, you were saying at the last uh, the last segment, you had been kind of a KCBS kind of guy, uh, and I understand that completely. But did you have to change any of your process to to do Memphis in May? Well, so the thing about it is, is so being, you know, cooking KCBS style competition for so many years, I, I focused on just the pork butt and not the whole shoulder. And with Memphis and May, you got to cook the whole shoulders. So that means you got to cook the, the butt attached to the picnic. And, and so uh, the first time I ever did it was 2010 at Memphis and May. And I, I did some practice cooks, but to cook a whole shoulder, in comparison to a Boston butt, there's a lot of nuances that are different. So where that joint is that connects the, the, the butt to the, to the picnic, if, you, if you're not careful, that, that whole joint will just pop on you and, and explode, and it won't look very pretty. And so I had to really – so, yes, I, I have to make some changes in regards to that specifically – um, another thing that's interesting is on the on-site, whether it be for finals or the three preliminary judges, mm-hmm. you, you're, you're, you're serving them from that whole shoulder right in front of them. Right. So there's no doctoring it up where with a blind box, we can, we can sprinkle an additional seasoning on it. We can, we can, you know, brush a little sauce on it. We can do this and that. Sure. But with, with, with on-site, you're going right. You're you're serving those those judges right from that shoulder, right in front of them. So it's very revealing, and so you need to make that shoulder be able to taste great stand alone. And honestly speaking, I, I still have a lot to learn. Um, I still have a lot to learn. It's uh, I don't I don't well. Let's just put it this way: the last time I cooked a whole shoulder, besides since Memphis and May was the Memphis MA the year before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh my. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, there's so, and then you got to, so 
I think between television and having cooked barbecue for so long, this part has gotten pretty well. Look, I'm taking up all your, well, you don't use tape anymore, but I'm using up all your memory. No, no, uh, no. However no. you're recording this, but, but, but the, the whole presentation part, you know, I bring you in and I say, Hey JT, my name is Tuffy Stone and, and this is Cool Smoke and we're from Richmond, Virginia. And this is my father. You know, you do this whole spiel to sure. explain your processes. You know, this is my rub and this is what's in it. And this is my pork. And this is uh, how I, you know, what I look for when I'm, when I'm, you know, selecting my pork. And this is the pit that I cook on. And, and this is the wood that I use and why. And, and you go through these processes and, 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 so if you haven't done that before, you know, KCBS, we built four blind boxes and that's it. And so if you haven't done the presentation before, it's just something you got to kind of sort through and get comfortable with. And some people are, are really comfortable public speaking and some are not. And, but that's part of the process, too. So that's a that's a big change. Well, you got to put on a little bit of a show for them. You know, there's some there's some showmanship in that, if you will. You know, there there is. You know, I think at the end of the day. Year. The meat's going to be the star, but we can ruin uh, we can ruin the, uh, a very well cooked shoulder by being clunky in our presentation. It's probably no different than going out to a nice restaurant. And if you have good food and bad service, you probably don't have that good a time. And uh, if you have good service and bad food, you probably don't have that good a time. So, <laughs> uh, so you got to do both. Yeah. No. It's 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 tough. I mean, but. You know, you're there, you, you polish your presentation. I'm sure you, uh, well, you're a, no pun intended, Tuffy, you're a seasoned pro at this by now. You know, the, the, you're not in a style. I know, I, I know, I know I'm seasoned. Um, <laughs> you know, it's so funny. It's like, so I, the last three summers I've cooked dinners at the James Beer House in New York and they started referring to me as an elder statesman oh, to geez. barbecue. Oh, and I thought, Oh my gosh! I need to shave, get this gray away, because you know I don't feel that old. I don't feel like I'm an elder statesman, but anyway, uh, so I'm definitely seasoned. Well, if you're seasoned, then I'm uh, the salt of the earth. How's that <laughs> with the gray? That's perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> That's all good. Where do you go from here? I mean, you won Memphis. So, you've won everything. Do you do you keep out there swinging every year, or what are you going to do? Well, you know, my dad loves it so much. You know, we're so fortunate to be able to go and do this as a father and son. Uh, it brings so much joy for him. So I, I feel a, a certain uh, a certain need to 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 do this. We we don't cook. You know, you know, you talk about Charles. I think Charles cooked like I don't know. He, he cooked somewhere between twenty five and thirty five contests, maybe thirty five. I can't remember. Uh, but you know, Dad and I usually cook about I don't know seven or eight times a year. Actually, Memphis and May was the first time that we've competed this year. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll keep doing a little bit of competition barbecue. I'm really enjoying teaching. I'm really enjoying uh, doing festivals where I get to see the people's faces mm -hmm. of, of the food that I cook for. Um, so I did South Beach uh, Food and Wine in February, and I did Charleston Wine and Food. In, in March and, and I'm, you know, I did Firebox and, and, uh, and St. Simon's uh, Island down in, in Georgia last year. So I'm enjoying doing those kind of festivals. We're working on a new restaurant and a new market concept here in Richmond. And so uh, hopefully that's going to get underway here soon. And, you know, just keep, 
I'm like you. You just make a new list every day and keep chipping away. Yep. No, that is true. That is true. So I've got a question to ask. It doesn't have much to do with barbecue, but you were a Marine, weren't you? Tuffy? I was. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 You... I was uh, I was jarhead for four years, and uh, it was a life-changing experience for me, and I'd have to, I'd probably have to give credit uh, to uh, being the person I am today with what the Marine Corps did for me and uh, just uh, took me from a young, immature man to uh, to, to to have more discipline and, and be able to get through complicated and tough-going things in life. Do you think that that helped you in your cooking, too? I mean, you know, I, I, I think sometimes people, when they listen to this show, they – they think, especially when we're talking to competitive barbecue people, you know, they think, oh, it's okay. I've got my Coleman cooler and I've got this and I'm going to go down to the river and they're having a barbecue contest and we're going to do this and put the chicken or the ribs on or do whatever. But to be successful, I think half of your effort is actually in the prep work. That's just me. That's a number I use. Okay. So, yeah. um, in your world, what did the service help you do to become as disciplined? Because uh, you can't go do what you're doing if you're just throwing stuff in a couple of Yetis and a Coleman and you're pulling a, you know, a, a handmade uh, 55 gallon drum that's cut in half, you know? Well, discipline and focus are, uh, they're just, in, that, that's just part of my, uh, who I am, and and the, and the Marine Corps really put that in me. Uh, going to Paris Island as a young man, I learned a lot about discipline and focus, and learning how to do a job right the first time mm -hmm. versus you know half half assing it and having to do it over again. So that helped me. I went from being in the Marine Corps to apprentice and under a very disciplined French chef. Chef Alon. So that was a continuation. I think good food. Maybe it's true with everything. Maybe it's true with all a lot, a lots of different types of work. I mean, being focused. You know, Lene Oxley and, and you and I were speaking offline, and Lene shared with me something that I had said to her years ago that she carries every day. And 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 this, I'm a I'm a man full of lots of sayings and. One of my sayings is the harder I work, the luckier I get. And so when I get to when I go to Memphis today, whenever I have an opportunity to cook, especially in a world championship, I work my ass off. Mm -hmm. I I put my head down and I stay focused, and I try and not leave anything on the table in terms of my efforts. And and in the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps just it took me from a young, immature, irresponsible man and taught me how to how to to be disciplined and how to execute and how to focus and, and it's just helped me with all of my endeavors in life the covid 19 pandemic has forced lots of people to spend more time at home which in turn uh changed our habits some of them two potential changes one you may be cooking more meals yourself and two you may be spending more time staring at the boob tube watching the news which is totally depressing now, if the latter is true, you may have seen stories about lockdowns uh, leading to more house fires. And if the former is true, you may have been unlucky enough to cause one of those fires yourself. I hope not. 
Uh, in a deeper dive, Takeout Food, or They Takeout, I should say, that's a website, found reports from at least nine local news sources across the United States and Canada proclaiming that kitchen fires were on the rise due to the coronavirus. And though directly tying the pandemic to more fires is a bit of tricky statistical business for a number of reasons, um, there's a couple of important things you need to remember. One, more novice cooks may be trying their hand at cooking out of necessity, boredom, or both, which can cause more mistakes. And speaking of boredom, people may also be trying new cooking techniques that they're less familiar with. I would like to thank Mike Pomerantz from ExploreFoodAndWine.com for this story. And uh, you can find out more on that website, ExploreFoodAndWine.com. We're going to take a break. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. Hey everybody, it's JT, and this is a special version of Barbecue Nation. It is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, welcome back to Barbecue Nation here on the Envision Radio Network and the Barbecue Nation Radio Network. And Geez, every uh, network you can think of, really, actually. Um, we've got Tuffy Stone with us. Tuffy and uh, Cool Smoke just won Memphis in May. And that is a huge deal if you're not on the competitive barbecue side of things. Um, it's a huge deal. And it's got a lot of meaning to the people that do win it. Uh, and Tuffy's been explaining that to us. But one thing I wanted to ask you, um, do you have a bucket list for your career? No, I got friends that have bucket lists. You know, when I first started competition barbecue, I wanted to get a jambo pit. I saw a jambo pit at my first competition that I ever cooked in Lynchburg, Virginia, which just happened to be my hometown that I traveled to to cook this contest. And and it was Johnny Triggs, and I didn't even know who Johnny Triggs was at the time. And so some people explained to me who he was and I went over and introduced myself and, and I saw all that pit. I was like, so I was like, man, I'd love to get one of those pits. So I put together, I'm, I'm very bad at typing. So I have typed out this proposal for my wife. That was a proposal of essentially why she should let me buy a Jambo. <laughs> so, so one evening I poured her a glass of red wine. Uh-huh. And then I poured her another one. And then I started to go through this proposal. And in this proposal, I said that maybe I could win, or excuse me, I didn't say that. I said maybe I could get invited to the American Royal Invitational if I had a, a cooker like a, a Jambo, because they're just such a good tool to cook meat on. Oh, sure. And I had I had a couple of, I wish I still had that proposal. I don't, but that, that, that was some of my early ponderings back in, 2004. Um, JT, I would have never in my life imagined the journey that barbecue has taken me on. I've been able to go and cook for the troops in Kuwait. I've been to New Zealand and Australia and the Netherlands and British Columbia. And just so many, you know, books, you know, all, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I would have never in my life imagined that. But I never had a bucket list. Uh, I don't have a bucket list. And, and if I were to try and create a bucket list today, I don't even know what I could put on it because it's just been such a 
uh, an amazing journey that I've been so fortunate to be, you know, be on. And, and so, but no, I don't have a bucket list. Well, you know, I, I asked, I've started asking people that question on the show not long ago. And, um, uh, like you, I guess my bucket list would be on the golf course. You know, I like to play golf. Um, yeah. And so if I could, you know, if I could play at Augusta or if I could play, you know, uh, Pebble Beach uh, without yeah. having to spend 500 bucks for the round to golf, you know, those would kind of be my bu- bucket list type things. But but really, uh, like you, I've been very blessed in a lot of things that I've done. I'm I'm good. I'm happy, you know. I'm happy, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you got anything coming up the rest of the year? I mean, you've got. Uh, I'm going to Sweden and I'm teaching a class in Sweden and, and I'm excited about that. Uh, I've been working on these rubs and sauces that I just released and I'm, and I'm excited about where that, that's going to potentially go. Uh, How's your book selling? You know, I think the book's selling well and that was that was a lot of work. That's. Uh, that, that's um, um, it's amazing how much work went into that, but the book's selling well, and uh, so I'm pleased with that. Uh, what else I got going on? I told you I'm, I got the restaurant and the, and the market I'm working on now, so that's going to be exciting when that gets underway. Um, my, you know, we're winning uh, Memphis in May. Uh, gave us an automatic invitation to the Jack Daniels World Barbecue Invitational, so yep. we know we get to go to the holler again, so we're excited about that. Um, so have you in in the years since though, and with all this success, have you had to write another proposal for your wife for anything in particular? No, no. <laughs> uh, she's she's very supportive, and I, you know, my grandfather used to tell me when I was a young boy. Uh, he said, "To marry up, to marry somebody that you're to be, you're better together than you are by yourself." Yep. And and I definitely married up. My wife Leslie is. Uh, very amazing woman and she's very you know we were partners together in our business and she's so supportive and 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 helps me whack through my responsibilities and and she's just i can't say enough great things about my wife oh yeah yeah no i'm with you on there pal because i definitely took a couple steps up the ladder when i got married so you know, it's pretty helpful. Uh, Tuffy, uh, you got to go and I got to go, but we will be doing in the next uh, short period of time, the after hour show when we can look forward it, to it and we will do it. So thanks for taking the time to be with us today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate you having me again, JT. Always love being on your show. Back in April, Airbnb launched online experiences to provide a way for people to connect virtually during the COVID-19 pandemic. Over the past few months, people have logged on to watch virtual drag queen shows in Portugal, learn about leopards on a safari in uh, Sri Lanka, and participate in whiskey tastings in Ireland. I missed that one. Hmm. On July 1st, which is a couple weeks ago, Airbnb expanded its online cooking experience to include a new curated collection hosted by world-renowned chefs, some of whom cook at Michelin-starred restaurants like Candlenut in Singapore, and Gabriel Cruther in New York. Now, for example, there'll be several dozen classes that will become available. Some of them already have, and they're, but they're still going. And that started back on the 1st of July. And they will take place multiple times throughout the summer, and they cost about 40 bucks per class. To celebrate the launch, 
several chefs are offering limited classes and will donate proceeds to socially impacted initiatives. Okay, so the Initiative Restaurant Reboot Program, um, which supports all small farmers and helps restaurants reopen after COVID, that's kind of a one thing there. That's from Edward Lee's summer grilling experience, and that's uh, just happening right now. And uh, Rosé Torres' favorite summer recipes, that's on July 20th, will benefit Harboring Hearts, which provides emergency housing, food, and more to heart plant heart transplant, liver transplant, and cardiothoracic surgery patients and their care, caregivers. They're a little higher uh, priced. Some of these between $75 and $100 for some of these classes that actually donate to those charities. But um, they will operate the same way as any other Airbnb online cooking class. Uh, it's hosted via Zoom and will be limited to around 10 participants. So if you have a chance uh, to actually interact with some of these chefs. They will help you a lot. They will give you the stories behind their dishes and provide feedback while you cook at home. Bookings for classes are open. They started back on July 6th at 10 a.m., and they will go through the end of the month. So check out airbnb.com, and you can uh, sign up for one of these cooking classes from a five-star chef. We'll be back next week with another edition of Barbecue Nation. Take care, everybody. Barbecue Nation is produced by JTSD LLC Productions in association with Envision Networks and Salem Media Group. All rights reserved.